Well, good morning. Welcome to the latest podcast from me, Dr. Chris Keel for ASA. At the risk of beating a horse to death, uh, which is probably not a particularly appropriate reference these days, but anyway, we're going to go through banking again. Um, it has been on the tip of everyone's tongue now for about two weeks and three weeks maybe, and now we're getting a little bit of clarity. The dust has kind of settled, and we'll kind of review where we are and what we think this means for the rest of the year. So quick review, we had a whole slug of banks that got in trouble a few weeks ago, most notably Silicon Valley Bank, but soon they were joined by Republic and Signature and several others. The tripwire for all of this was the raising of interest rates, so we knew this was coming. I mean, this is not news. Anytime that you begin to get changes in the interest rate environment, you're going to have changes in the bond market. This is called... It basically duration risk. Um, and I think I talked about this at the last podcast, but Tom Honig was the Fed chair in the Kansas City Fed for years and years. Um, I'm in Kansas City, so I've been listening to Tom for a long time. Tom was warning about duration risk years ago. He was the only one who voted against lowering rates down to zero in the first place back in 2000 and 2008. And he has continued to be a critic of this very, very loose monetary policy for a variety of reasons. But one of the things that had him concerned was the point when interest rates started to come back up. And he knew that that was going to have an impact on the bond market. Most banks were aware of this and have policies in place to deal with duration risk. They know that at some point they're going to be selling off the bonds that were purchased very cheaply during the loose money period, and they were going to have to replace them with more expensive bonds, which is basically what got SVP and some of the others in trouble. They seemed to think that there was no down coming, that everything was just going to be the same forever, hundreds of years, thousands of years. You idiots, it doesn't work like that. It always changes. The more that we've learned about SVP, the more unimpressed we have been. We discover, for example, that as the bank was going under and they knew the bank was going under, they were giving each other enormous bonuses. So every negative thing you ever thought about bankers was being reinforced by the actions of these clowns. So SVP is no more. Uh, it has been basically purchased by First Citizens Bank out of the Carolinas. And purchase is probably a generous um, interpretation. I mean, basically, First Citizens is taking over what little was left of SVP of value and FDIC shouldered the majority of the of the loss, which is what they're there to do. Republic and Signature felt sort of similarly, um, but a little bit less dramatic incompetence. Um, they just got caught in having too much of their assets locked up in these bonds. So, enough of the bank crisis. What does this all mean? The supposition was that with this bank crisis, the central banks would start to rethink what they were doing with interest rates and that maybe they would stop raising them sooner than they planned to and that they would even start to reduce interest rates earlier than they planned to. 
right away, the Fed kind of threw cold water on that by going ahead and raising rates by half a point anyway, but their language is a little more vague. There was a little bit more reference to the fact that maybe we won't push things quite as aggressively as we originally thought. Now, just today, uh, the day that I'm doing this podcast, some information came out of Europe that's going to have some implications for this kind of interest rate strategy. Inflation in Europe fell dramatically in the last reading. It was growing at about 8.5%. Now it's growing at 6.9%. That is a big drop. That is taking inflation rates back to where it was over a year ago. Now, the U.S. is going to be seeing its new inflation data next week. So if you're in the mood to watch the financial networks like a hawk, watch for the latest iteration of the personal consumption expenditures numbers, PCE. Those get released next week, and those will be numbers for January. PCE is a much more reliable measure of inflation than things like the Consumer Price Index, but it lags. It's always two or three months slow to come out because you actually have to see what people spent on and what it cost, and that takes a while to collect. That data comes out next week. If there is a drop in inflation similar to what the Europeans just saw, then that gives the Fed all kinds of ammunition to start relaxing their interest rate policy because they can then say, look, we've succeeded. Inflation is starting to come down. We've recognized that lowering interest rates had an impact on the banks, so maybe we can back off of that for another reason. So we're all going to be kind of hanging on our, our seats, waiting to see what those inflation numbers are. In the meantime, if you're looking at the banking community, and particularly for ASA members, most of you guys work with smaller regional banks, and there's not much in the way of crisis in that category. For the last three weeks, I've been speaking to a whole series of programs for the federal home loan banks. These are all small to mid-sized community banks. They are credit unions alike. They are overwhelmingly in good shape. Very few of them even saw depositors leave. 20% saw deposits decline. And of that 20%, almost 80% saw those deposits come back. So people were panicking at first, pulled their money out, then calmed down, put it back in. Meanwhile, the FHLB continued to provide liquidity to any bank that asked. So there was a report running around for a while that they had been turning banks down. That was never true. And every bank that has asked for liquidity help got it. So the bottom line is the banks are in good shape. There really is no worry on the part of of the, the sector as a whole, though there's a lot of scrutiny being applied to banks that were kind of running the same risks that Republican Signature and SVP were doing. So there may be a few more that get themselves in trouble. In Europe, of course, it was Credit Suisse. Some of the other banks were seeing a little bit of response, too. Deutsche Bank got clobbered for a few days until they demonstrated that they were healthy, too. So bottom line is that this bank crisis seems to be a flash in the pan. It's certainly going to stimulate a certain amount of of additional regulation. Congress, of course, goes all excited and says, Oh, my God, something needs to be done about this. 
Yeah, aren't you the very same people that reduced the regulations to begin with? Those regulations that you're now calling for were in place after 2007-2008. But, Mr. and Mrs. Congressman, you're the ones that removed those regulations. And now you're screaming that, well, who did this? You did this. Not that I'm cynical and find most politicians to be dumb as a post, but, you know, you get to a point where you get tired of the hypocrisy. It's like you're the ones that set this up. So don't go blaming other people for the problem now. And so that's my that's my cynical rant for the day. Bottom line is we're still watching what the Fed does. We think that there's going to be a little bit of relaxation when it comes to rates. Banks are in good shape. And frankly, most of the ASA members are working with banks that are not caught up in this kind of, of hysteria, at least for the last couple of weeks. So with that, I will quit, and maybe next week I'll find something else to talk about that doesn't involve banks. Thanks.